Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, and welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. Hello, Michelle. Hey, Emily, how are you today? Oh, I'm so glad to be back here again. I know. I I think about this when I'm all those other six days of the week. Can't wait to get into uh, record the episode of uh, Clearly Speaking with you and drink more wine, get more oh. educated, and talk to our friends. I know. I'm very excited about our friend today and very excited about our wine. So what do you want to hear about first? Um, let's talk about the wine and then okay. because once we introduce our friend who's with us, we're going to... Not it's going to roll. It's going to roll. Yeah. <laughs> totally going right. to roll. So today I brought my heart for the wine. It oh. is literally called Mon Coeur, which means my heart. It is a Coderone from 2016. It is nice. from the Chave selection. I love this wine. I had a bottle of it not too recently. Um, but I, I fell in love with it and thought, you know, for uh, a Coderone under $20, this is one I got to get. You know, we I got to get a line. We, we have to going. drink it and we have to tell everybody else about it. Absolutely. So this one, you know, you're going to get a lot of nice dark berries. I think you're going to get some of that black raspberry going, some blueberries, some ripe cherry. It's got a beautiful perfume. It's got that garrigue of the, of the area, which you're going to get a little rosemary and thyme and lavender. I mean, it is my kind of wine all over the place. Sounds like the perfect wine to be actually be drinking while you're listening to Clitorally Speaking the Podcast. Absolutely. And it is the perfect wine for our friend, Dr. Donna Marche White. Welcome, Donna. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> We're good. We're real good. How are you today? Great. Have you had a little sip of our wine yet? I have. Nice. And, and Very nice. Yeah. You approve? Yes. Okay. Well, right. we have been looking forward to bringing Donna on our show since the very beginning thought of us creating Clitorally Speaking. We have to tell the story. Yeah. Is it okay, Donna, if we yes. tell the story how we yes. met? Okay. We it's do. how it happens. We share everything here on uh, Clitorally Speaking, the podcast. Emily and I... We were supposed to get together on Wednesday night after one of my improv classes, and somebody else fell through, and I said, you know, I really don't want to go to that other place. I said, let's go to Ernesto's Wine Bar. And Emily's like, that's fine. Let's go. So we're there. Drinking we're drinking wine. wine, as we do. And we're writing, <laughs> talking about our podcast, and out comes Donna, who is uh, fabulous, uh, an amazing, amazing bartender. And then we started talking. To her, oh no! Talking about our, so our podcast, <laughs> and it was like boom, 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 ideas, and and her PhD, and her dissertation, and the work you do with women, and the adjunct professors, and Emily and I looked at each other and said, "The universe brought us here today to Ernesto's to meet Donna because she has to be on our podcast." Absolutely. Am I right? We even had a great moon that night. We oh, did well, have a yeah. great moon. <laughs> Everything was lined yes, up yes. for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so we're so excited that you were able to clear your schedule and be with us here today. And we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We may not solve all the world's problems in this one bottle of wine, <laughs> but we'll have you back. Thank you. Already, right? Thank you. Okay, cool, cool. 
Yeah, so Tana, tell our friends that are listening, because we know your background, but our friends, our friends don't know you have this fascinating background with your with your study and what you teach and how you lift women. Give us a little background. Okay. So I am a sociocultural anthropologist. Anthropology is a study of human beings. We look at humans as scientific organisms. My area of focus is sociocultural. So okay. I look at how we do society and culture as a species. Okay. In particular, I look at gender, women, sexuality, and then race, ethnicity. So my work takes place here in the U.S. I think that we have significant issues around gender, race, ethnicity in our country. So I chose to do my research here versus typically anthropologists leave the country and go to another society. And I finished my dissertation in 2010. Wow. I've been an adjunct professor at every university in the St. Louis area. <laughs> because um, everybody needs your, needs your... And, uh, <laughs> but no one needs a full-time anthropologist. <laughs> um, they need your studies and your, and your <laughs> wisdom. They need me, but they don't need me full-time. So that's why I work part-time at the restaurant. Is that a parallel for yeah. anything else Well, you know, but if you weren't working part-time at the restaurant, we wouldn't have exactly. met you. Exactly. So exactly. I think that was all the universe exactly. pulling everybody exactly. together for that. Exactly. So now you can get the full-time job anywhere else else because we've already met absolutely that's what i'm saying i'm putting it out there i like it yeah so on a social (laughs) level i'm concerned with things like how women construct their sexual identities and their notions or ideas around sexual attractiveness i'm concerned with how the media presents what i think are rather unnatural and erroneous images of what beauty is and I think that it's very difficult for adolescent girls in particular to form their identities and form their constructions with all the mixed messages out there. I think sometimes it's hard for, you know, 40-plus-something women to form Please, I'm their still identity. trying to figure it out. I'm I in don't therapy. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm in therapy about it. I, you know, I, every day. I have a PhD on it. I don't even know it. You know, learning to love myself and how I look every day, is, it can be a struggle. Even because with the tree injury. <laughs> I think is maybe that's trying to take me down. That's or just not. love. No, it's <laughs> just love. love. It's love. Yeah. yeah, love and my bruised nose and my eye socket. But yeah, I think you're. I think what you're saying is so timely. But it's also timeless because I don't think that this is just something that's happened in the last 20 years. Not at all, not at all. Right. And it's something that as we're forming our ideas about sexuality when we're much younger, those ideas, yeah, they evolve and shift. But it's always something, as Michelle brought up, it's something that's always changing, too. So it's always relevant. You are so right, Emily. <laughs> I have to have a drink on this one. Anyway, we have your Let's take a drink. Hold we just on. have a moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So definitely. Where does some, so my curiosity from a doctor topics, yeah. here? Where where does this begin? Like where does this start? This idea of sexuality. It starts from childhood, and I mean that's across the social sciences, in particular for us, for sociology, and for. Anthropology, we think that we make sexuality through social interactions. Okay, could you explain that just a little bit more for those of us that do not have the PhD in anthropology? We talked about it at Ernesto's. Uh How is it that we know what sex is, right? So how is it that I grew up sort of like bumping Barbies and Mm. that was whatever sex was? And I think you had a different experience. I think mine was just learned by experience you know like human experience or like what you saw on tv oh oh yeah all of this yeah Yeah, all of this is how we do yeah i know know, we see it on tv we see our parents we have books boys in a neighborhood that 
play yeah. games. Some yeah. of us bump Barbies together. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to bump Barbies because there's actually absolutely no genitalia in the Barbies. And how are you going to actually know what goes where? It's yeah. just like G.I. Joe and Barbie, you know, or Ken, right? And then like, and then now they have the beautiful house. That's how it works, right? And then I think socially, you like Ken our parents. And you get the beautiful house, right? Is that how it works? Well, I know. I know. What I'm saying is, it's okay. It's okay. Calm down. That's all right. So what happens is that we have these agents of socialization, like celebrities have agents, okay. models have agents. We have agents who socialize us. And so the most significant agent of socialization for humans is the family. It's the first one, it's the family. So yeah. basically I argue that we construct our notion of sexuality, our identity, all of that, gender, all of that, through how it was taught to us by our family, by our parents. Mm-hmm. Then at the school age, when we start interacting with other kids, it shifts again. You yeah. know what I mean? And then by the time you're in middle school, it shifts again, you yeah. know? And so we talked about middle yeah. school in our last episode. It was yeah. a, it's a terrible time for everybody. But we don't want to continue. We don't want to walk out there. Crises. I just remember the fashion crisis alone <laughs> in the 80s. But anyway. Anyway, I'm still suffering apparently. No. You know, no. thinking, thinking about kind of like our first times we're realizing that we're sexual beings. Like, I can't say that I was really exposed to nothing that I can remember as a child that says, oh, this this is something sexual that I'm seeing, you know, but I do know that I was always, I was always very curious and I always really liked boys. Like I I can think about being in kindergarten and, you know, lying my, my, my sleeping the um, mat, or whatever. Yeah, yeah down yeah. next to the cutest boy in kindergarten because I was hoping that maybe we could kiss on our nap time, you know? <laughs> well, I know, but yeah. so for you, it was like, what, four or five? I, so, yes. And that's when boys stopped being icky. Right. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, some of them continued on being icky a few more years, you know. <laughs> some are still icky. Some are still icky, <laughs> but not our audio engineer, Sam. You are not, Definitely uh, you're not, not icky. icky. Yeah. Poor, poor yeah. soul. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I played Kiss Chase in oh, second we grade. That, we did that like on the sewer tag. And I was a really fast runner. <laughs> sewer was, tag. Yeah, so you would, it was tag and chasing, but yeah. it was on the sewers. Okay. So, you must so it was the same the thing, but the sewers were the... Yeah, the nuns at my Catholic school was not... They weren't very happy with the uh, second graders <laughs> playing Kiss Chase on recess. And they were like, stop it, Michelle. Stop it. You're a bad influence on these young boys. I'm like, I just... We're just, just chasing. Just being me. Chasing. Yeah. So what was the first, like, crush? Like, real crush that wasn't like... Oh. You know, um, like the first sexual crush, if you will. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. I, I don't know if it's, I can't say that it's sexual, but my first crush, I actually had two crushes <laughs> at once. So, you tell, Emily. Yeah. You share. I will sit back and let you, know, you tell the story. We're getting all I kinds of information this is totally today. My role. Was it As kindergarten? The this is right. This is. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was very aware that I thought boys were, you know, very interesting to me, and you know, I used to do things where I'd position myself next to the boy that I knew would pinch a butt if you were in front of him at line. <laughs> you know, like I just, I was like, ooh, I like this attention. Um, Emily. <laughs> Did so you not grow up with brothers? Grade. Did you have any brothers? I did. Oh, you do have a brother. That's I right. I do, yeah. Is he much older than he's you? He's older. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's no. not. And he hated me. He used to torture my stuffed animals. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Is that it? I'm bringing fans next yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I had two boyfriends <laughs> in second grade. They were both named Chris. Oh, that's easy. Which made things kind of so complicated. So second grade is seven? Eight. Um, seven, eight-ish? Six. 
six or seven. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I would literally have one Chris on the phone line while the other Chris called. At second grade, In your mom let you take phone calls from boys? Yeah. Oh, my mom didn't. <laughs> no. My, my mom still doesn't let me take phone calls from boys. <laughs> I'm nearly 50. <laughs> And that's why I'm in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So I I mean, I had, I loved them both. You know, I thought they were both great. I didn't know how to like cut the cord on either of them. So it was amorous. Definitely. I got presents and I gave presents. I I still have a letter from one of the Chris's. It is so cute. It's like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so shy to say this, but will you be my girlfriend? Oh, it's darling. On that little sweet note, we're going to take a real quick break <laughs> and drink a little more wine, and okay. we are going to be back and talk about some more, more firsts with I Donna, know. Dr. I Donna. The first. I know. We'll have Because the first emerged when you were saying... I know. Her first crush. But we'll get back. I know. We'll get back. But we'll see, we'll mine were celebrity, though. <laughs> well, anyway. We'll talk right, about right, celebrity right, crush. Right, we got to take a break. We'll right, be right back, okay? All Back to Clearly Speaking, the podcast. A conversation today all about firsts, women, boys, sexuality. We're with Dr. Donna Marche White. And I know that right now, all of our conversation has made our male audio engineer, Sam, a little uncomfortable. And that's what we're all about today, (laughs) right? Just going to make him squirm and blush in his seat over there. (laughs) And then he will walk home with lots and lots of great information to share with his girlfriend. He'll have the keys and the tools (laughs) for life. Fantastic. <laughs> and our wine is also very, very good. So yeah, I just want to speak in a yeah. Oh, well, of please course. Pour, please share. Just, there um, you go. I'm here to share I my heart. I think I need to relax a little bit more. You guys are, I'm a little pensive still. I got to calm down a little bit. Anyway. This is just like us sitting at the bar at Ernesto. I know, talking, I know, I know, but I'm still stuff. nervous. It's okay. Okay. It's all okay. right. You know. So we were talking about firsts, weren't we, Emily? Yes, and Emily's we were. first crush was a couple boys named Chris in second grade. <laughs> so uh, Emily's first chance in her life to juggle multiple relationships yeah. at the same time. So I think you know that's right. a good skill. A lot of learning lessons. That's a good skill grade. for women to have. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> just learn to say, um, why should I have choose one? Why should I have to choose just one? Yeah. You know. So so are there any other firsts that perhaps we should explore at this moment, Donna? Well, first? I think I think it's important to, you know, sort of like, you know, tie cross and make sure that we are talking about how it is that we as women construct our idea of sexuality, how mm-hmm. we make that. Like, what is it to us? What is sexiness? All of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the I had several first. The first time I saw like a male penis, I didn't like I didn't have any reaction towards it whatsoever. It was just this other thing. Yeah. Because I, I had two sisters. There were three of us. You so know no what I mean? And I'm 13 years older than the youngest. So like we didn't even have baths together. So yeah. I didn't have like a male body of any sort to be like, what is that thing? You know? Yeah. Um, How old were you? When I saw the first one, mm-hmm. I was five. And I was just playing with like my mom's friends, like sons. And we were just rolling around under the bed. Just mm-hmm. it was more exploratory. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like yeah. crushy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, You're kiss just and, curious. the kiss and tag or whatever. Kiss it wasn't, Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like that. It was yeah. just... What is this thing? You know, kind of thing. And then I would say when I was seven is when I had, like, the first kind of, like, romantic sexual attraction, boys aren't icky anymore kind of Mm. first sexual thing. That included a kiss and a crush. Get out of town. 
kiss in the coat and racks. a crush. Yes, in the coat racks. Coat racks. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have an affinity for coat racks now when no, you walk I'm just by? No, we were hiding because we were at the daycare and we were hiding. Was it aftercare? It was aftercare. aftercare yeah, and we were school. totally hiding like in the coat racks, kissing. Okay. okay. I was seven. And and was he seven? No, he was in the sixth grade. Oh, so he was an older man. I was in second grade. <laughs> Oh, he's, that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> creepy. That's kind of creepy. If we, I'm just I mean, saying, like, it's a difference when you're like 26 own, and 22. It's my own first construction. It's my own. It's my own first fine, time of fine. like. So have you amorous boy? Always crushy. been attracted to older men since then. No, okay. I date younger. Maybe it's a re- repellent. Mm. I date younger. Okay, and I date polar opposite of my father. Interesting. That's another. That's another show. That's another podcast. That's another bottle of wine. <laughs> we have to have an entire bottle a show on daddy issues. Oh, um, I mean, everybody else has daddy issues. I don't, daddy. I know you're listening out there, but I know I, I, don't, I, don't, have any, I don't have any issues. My father's <laughs> dead, so I don't have any issues anymore. But I'm just saying, like you know, yeah, in the social construct. So, but that was like grade school. So yours was grade school. Mine was grade school. What was your grade school? My grade school crush? Well, I moved around a lot. So I guess I had crushes. um, In every country. In every city. (laughs) In every state I lived in. I remember, and I do have, I've lived all over. So I do have crushes in other other continents. But uh, I remember having a crush on a boy in fourth grade. And uh, he was, he was a good boy. And uh, we, he, I knew he liked me because my friends told me he liked me, but he never talked to me about liking me. So I don't know if you guys are able to tell, but I have a pretty strong personality. <laughs> but was there like, were there notes like with yours or no, no, there wasn't anything like that. I boys I, boys were like intimidated by me, and some are still, still intimidated yeah. by me. But I'm whatever. just curious, what is it about like young when we're kids? Like, why is it that we always have to employ a friend? To say, oh, so and so has a crush on you. Like, why? You know, why were we so shy? Like in shy? grade school, yeah. with the notes and that. Right. And even middle school, I remember it. In and middle there was, school too. And there was always so. somebody that screwed well, it up well, for you. There was always somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's how we make it. Right? I remember it's having a crush we, on a boy in high it. school. It was this is pathetic, and I think is it embarrassing? this is embarrassing. And I think everybody, Perfect. hopefully, everybody out there will will identify with it. I had such a crush on him in high school that I would literally freeze in the quad if he walked walked by and happened to look anywhere in my direction. He had no idea I even existed. And I was like, oh, we were breathing the same air today. It sounds like a romantic comedy right there. <laughs> but did you ever like <laughs> connect? No, 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 I didn't connect with but, him. I, and I, I would be embarrassed even. Tell like, us about the connections. Oh, girl, I don't even know. I don't even in know. In the romantic comedy world, what would happen is you tell this story about how you always froze when you saw him. And now, like, you know, years later, you get reconnected with him. And he's like, he's like, know, you know, all 100 pounds overweight <laughs> and like doesn't have a job and lives in his no. mom's basement. Yeah, that would be my luck, right? Mm-hmm. You know, no, I just want to keep him in that nice little area that I had this crush on. I had this great hair, you know, and he was definitely a new waver. And you have control over that. I have control over that. Because. We're not here to talk about my failed relationships. But no, we're asking we're talking about podcast. We're talking That's about a whole first. other podcast. But and we're talking about how we construct our, right? Right. our yeah. sexualities. Yeah. And so right there you just said, in you know, my perfect vision, I have great hair. So no, he, had great, like, hair. Oh, he, he had, had great, great hair. Oh, he has great hair. Yeah. Because it was 80s new wave and I knew exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he did have great hair. <laughs> that was part of my attraction to him. <laughs> but I'm very, very curious. 
I've been thinking about that topic and we had, you know, about how those first impact your your identity as you get older. And I and I've done a lot of like reflection on that. Like, since what, like two weeks ago since, since we since we had that bottle of wine. And in therapy we've been in my therapy we've been talking about it too. So Absolutely. It's everything. It's and, every little thing. And not to like bring everybody to tears out there who's listening about my history. Uh, I just, I really felt like it hit me earlier this week that none of my relationships have been unconditional. Every relationship I've had has been a conditional relationship with a, with a man. What do you mean by that? Not an unconditional love. Not a mean, just, I'm going to accept you. reciprocate it? Well, there's mean, a lot of unrequited and unreciprocated out there, but a, an actual relationship with either my ex-husband or boyfriend since then have been conditional. Like, if something is going wrong, they're out, they're gone, or yeah. I'm at fault, or I don't I see have. What you're saying. I don't so, have. You're just, talking about uh, instance, exactly. I just exactly. don't have an uh, a. I love you for. All of you, yeah. whoever mm-hmm. you are. Does anybody? And I feel cheated for that. I'm like for your 50. life? For, for your my life? life? I feel cheated because no. I don't know what that feels like. My therapist would say that <laughs> she would you say, have something invested in that feeling. I have what? You have something invested in that feeling because you keep doing it over and over and over again. Right, but so how do I change that? You have to break the pattern. I know. Which is what I'm trying to break, which is really hard. I'm trying to write it out. So what's what's the first thing that you can do to break that pattern? I think acknowledging. Yeah, what that pattern is. Exactly. Was, right. it, was, exactly. it was a huge realization this week when it hit me in the forehead, not the tree, but when it hit me in the forehead, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I, I mean, don't know what that's like. You won't like. do it again, though. I don't but, want to do it again. I, I, I think want that to that, s- <clears throat> the tree is definitely like symbology happening for you. It's like, <laughs> boink, listen, you know. You're standing on the wrong yes. side here. Oh my goodness! And you need to get on the other side of it so the tree doesn't hit you in the face anymore. I know. Very true. I know. But yeah. does this my rec- my aha moment, my enlightenment here? Does that tie into what we've been Absolutely. talking? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Because there's a body of theory that um, argues that reality is what you make it, and that it happens in the moment of social interaction. So for sure. And it makes sense that we were talking about it and then all of this sort of like kicked back up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it did for me too. But then I also have my therapist prompting me as well. But I mean, you know. So I have a question that kind of ties back to a statement that Donna, you were talking about earlier. You're like, oh, you know, the first time I saw a penis when Mm -hmm. I was, you know, much Mm -hmm. younger, Um, you know, it was not a weird thing. You know, and it wasn't until we get like older in life that all of that stuff starts becoming like very personal and exactly. weird and uncomfortable. Why, like from a sociological standpoint, why is that? Why is it like, oh my God. It's adolescence. Oh my God, there's a boob. It's adolescence. Yeah, right, right. It's adolescence. Oh my God, she's got a nipple. We can't have that. It's adolescence when all the hormones kick in and all Nobody of that. knows how to you control I mean? them. In the, in the brain, <laughs> the brain chemistry changes. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like I think it's adolescence. I think it's something happens, you know, like both biologically and socially and psychologically, all those ways, I think it's, I think it's adolescence. But, you know, it's and children. But we carry that, that adolescence with us. in sync with the biology sometimes. Yeah. But how do, we, how do we, like, let that stay in adolescence and not carry that with us forward as adults? Because Once again, I, th- I think it's acknowledging the pattern and, and just trying to not do it. 
Yeah. Which well, is really hard. And it's easier for me to sit here and say that. I'm working on that right now with therapy, but you know. Well, think about it too. When we're children, we're just discovering these things for the first time. You know, we're not told it's bad until we're caught you know, in an uncomfortable situation and we're told, ooh, that's bad. Or, you know, we're, we're, we found the, the Playboy magazine that's in the house and, oh, you can't look at that. You know, it's like, it's not until those things kind of TV. happen. Right? That, right. Why is the channel locked? Yes, yes. I want HBO. Mom and Dad, get us HBO. No, Skinamax. Skinamax, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to take another quick break, have a drink, go to the bathroom, we'll come right back. What's our next verse? <laughs> we'll cool uh, we'll have to figure out what okay, that is. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna take a break. <laughs> and we're back. That was a much needed uh, refresher break. I know I have had a little bit more wine, and Donna we cooled down a little bit. And too. Emily, yeah. you guys have uh, calmed down a little, yeah, little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about firsts and how f- how the first things that happen in your life, whether your first kiss, your first uh, crush, acknowledged crush, your first orgasm. Have yeah. we talked about that yet? We haven't talked about that. Nor is, the- it, is it too soon? Let me well, let our listeners take another drink <laughs> right now. Take another <laughs> sip. <laughs> Because I think we're going to go there. I think, I think we're going to we talk about that well, right now. I think now. it's also fun to, when when we talk about like first base, second base, third base, home run, like it's different for different groups of people. It is. So, you know what I mean? so in terms yeah. of like, is first base like just kissing? Well, Do you know I, what I mean? I have, like, a, I have a funny story that's to something tell you that about that. I've brought that up in class before and the students really like understand like how we make sex socially, like how we give meaning to it mm, socially yeah. with this first base, second base business. When I, okay, so I was in college and I was studying abroad and I had this group of rugby boys who were friends and they had a game their final year in school and they were explaining to me their game. It was called the point system. Of course, I thought they said pint system because I didn't <laughs> understand them. And I was like, oh, so what? So you got like points for mm-hmm. whatever, whoever you're with, right? You got one point for making out, two points for groping, three points for oral sex, four points for penetrative, then wow. five points mm-hmm. for anal sex, right? And I was like, well, wow. I am never going to get five points. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm never going to like have a lot of points. And you didn't get a cumulative. Like, like if I made out with Billy and then the next day I groped with Billy, I would still only have two points, right? I didn't get three. Because it wasn't additional. So it wasn't per, per, was per person. Oh, right? okay, okay, okay. Right? So Fine. that's why these guys, and they were like moving through. And so my girlfriends are like, well, shit, if these guys are having their own point system or pints, because I couldn't understand them, then we're going to do the same thing. And it made it so much easier when we would come home. The next day we gather for tea and we're like, all right. How many points you get? And all you had to do was like, well, that was a three, or I got, I got a two, and nobody had to explain what actually happened because right. we knew what our parameters were. Wow. But you made your own list up, though, like you and your friends said. We did. We that, did. That's the thing. We all make up our own, and that's how it's social. I mean, what does it mean to you? First base, like second growing base. Up, well, third okay, base. so growing Hold up, on. first base was a k- making out. Second base was, but making out like just kissing or underclothes nope, or nope, nope, just making just kissing, kissing. Okay. kissing. Second base was going up the shirt. 
third base was going down the pants. Ah. And then the home run, of course, was sex. We didn't have qualifiers for it was being led by the by those the those male athletes in a different country that were establishing those norms. It was the first I'd heard of it. You know, I had to actually look that up. I mean, on that the, would have been like a double home run. Is it <laughs> I had to go to the encyclopedia oh. and go, what the hell is anal sex? What is that about? It's a you know, penalty. What's, what's strange now is in our kids today, like, there's this idea I don't want that, to know how many points my kids have had. Well, I don't. there is don't. this idea that anal sex isn't sex. It's like, oh, I'm still a virgin because we're just having <laughs> anal sex. It's like, wait a minute. Well, there are yeah. several cultures that that is the ideology, the set of ideas around the sexuality, right? The ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's several cultures where anal sex is not vaginal sex and that person is still a virgin. Wow. Not just in the United States. It's not just in the U.S., there's Where several what, cultures. Like, like, on the top of your mind, which ones are you well, I'm not going to code any, any countries. <laughs> but I'm just <laughs> okay. saying there are several, but in several, your, in your his, in your several research, cultures interesting. that where virginity is, like, the most valued, you know. Yeah. And, like, so anal sex becomes okay because it's not vaginal sex. Well, and there are— Which are, speaks volumes about the value of the woman's body. Well, there are also that. other cultures, too, where it's okay for, as adolescents, for boys to have sex with each other before they have sex with, right? It's like, it's accepted. Like, okay, yes, you can have sex, but only with boys. And then, you know, really you sex. have to wait until you get married to have sex with. For reproduction. Right. Exactly. It's Yeah. Sex is a social, sexuality is a social thing. I just feel like if people would just accept the fact that at our most basic level, we're we're just animals. We are animals. We're animals. We're more sapiens sapiens. And and sex is a part of that animal instinct. And I've tried to explain to my children that someday you might meet somebody that somehow just draws this physical need from you. And you're like, I don't know why, but I want to have all of your babies, right? Yeah. Or or maybe on the male side, I don't know why, but I just want to give you all kind of babies, you know? <laughs> and that, and you're looking at this person, you're like, why? I mean, everything about this person on paper is like a no. They can't they can't be in my life. They don't mm-hmm. they don't fit in my social class. They don't fit my education. But why am I physically drawn so to drawn. them? Yeah. And I try to counsel my kids when you have that moment or those moments. There might be more than once in your mm-hmm. life. You have to weigh both sides of the coin because I'm speaking from something I read in a book somewhere, but no, it actually <laughs> happened to me. And and I was like, what is it about this person? Why I why why am I so drawn to this person? Did they call it animal magnetism. It was is this a social term. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> but this person would not have fit in my life at all. Yeah. So Donna, but wh- was that from my Neanderthal, from my like way way back, <laughs> like survival of the species? Like this person You're like had four obvi- species ago. Like this, I they had, obviously had something in his genetic material that I was like. Physically drawn to. Physically drawn to. Yeah. I mean, you, know. you can't measure sexual attraction. There's no measure. There's no measurement if for it. If we could, we'd the be The work rich. of Kenzie is one, one of many scientists who've tried to measure sexual attraction. There's no method to the madness. Don't, don't you think that they could actually somehow monitor hormones? And I mean, I would think that there's... It changes you know, in time and place, though. Like someone who you think is hot today... You may not like very much, like my ex-husband, for example. <laughs> you, you may want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it changes. Yeah, it's people, contextual. People like, it changes go, in time and place, you, you know? You married him? You know what I mean? Like, it changes. So, I mean, I do think that, yes. I mean, obviously, they say that the most significant organ in our bodies for sex is our brain. And I believe that. 
Ooh. I believe that. And the most significant organ in our body, of all of our organs, sexually, is our brain. And I believe that completely. Well, that makes sense. I mean, well, especially for women, because I feel like we really, for me, like, seduction is a great conversation. But and males wine. think about it. Males <laughs> but, think about it every 11 seconds. Right. Sam. Ejaculation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every 11 seconds. And what is on Whether average? subconscious or uh, On conscious, average, what's like, the female? I don't know. I think it's like 17. Every 17 I seconds? Think, I think it's 17 or 18. But there is a difference to me between being intellectually engaged and becoming aroused and having great sex versus that animal magnetism that we were talking about. You know, in my past, the animal magnetism is incredibly thrilling and very successful in, you know, bringing pleasure, but it's not the best for me. Like, psychologically. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> like I said. Right? Yeah, that happens to everyone, though. We've all had that. Everyone. I don't think it's just women. I think we've all had that. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'm Michelle well, blows our whole dog on <laughs> show, Donna. <laughs> I, I've let... No, but I think, I think everyone's <laughs> had these moments. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, how many times are you going to repeat those moments? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's when you have to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm having animal magnetism. I really don't. I know that nothing else is going to work here. Now, do you feel like you're, do you feel more alive? Like, how do you feel when you have these moments? Like, do you feel more vibrant? Oh, I can you tell like- you, it was in, absolutely incredible. Just the the energy flowing through mm-hmm. the body. And we hadn't even, all I had done was meet this person, mm-hmm. right? And it was like, if we had been by ourselves, well, <laughs> it, we'd have a whole nother podcast to talk about. <laughs> There'd been all kinds of stuff to say, but, but we weren't. We were out in public and it was just, it, but it was very powerful. Powerful, And sometimes you just, you know, as you go through life and you're taking care of this thing and that thing and you've got paying your bills and you're going to school and you're raising your kids and you're having some wine with your girlfriends and then all of a sudden, boom, this is what it means to be alive. And how can I be alive like this all the time? And that's what it brings up for me, you know, because you kind of get used to just suppressing stuff and not, mm-hmm. not acknowledging. Or just getting, are okay is okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. It's like, now, we need to also lighten safe. up because I think that we're running. What's our last, for now, what's our closing argument? Oh, there are no closing arguments. Right. But we'll talk about it first. We still have a little bit of time. We have yeah. a little bit of wine left, I thought too. we were running out of time. I'm like, come on. No, no, no. We have a, we have a tiny bit of wine left. And okay, we're not okay. going to wrap this up just yet because this is flowing really good. The conversation's good. I'm becoming more educated. It feels good. It feels, very, yeah. it feels very healthy, the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this podcast. We are shedding all kinds of things. This podcast wraps when we finish this Ooh. bottle of wine. Let's do a little glass refresh, and we'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to Clitorally Speaking. We are having a delightful conversation here with Dr. Donna Marche-White. We had to refresh our glasses, and uh, we now have full glasses. We are in our final leg of this episode, and we have decided let's wrap this up with one final first that we should talk about today. What do you think, Michelle? What do you think, Donna? Yes. Well, I think there's always the big, when was your first... Orgasm that you remember. Oh, let's go there. <laughs> How about that? Are you guys good with that? Okay. Or when was the first time you had sex with somebody else that you would call it sex, not just underneath the bed, 
that's too many firsts. Groping. No, okay. It okay. Be, but you it find out. Be, I mean, I have been having a little bit of wine today. Authentic orgasm, or the first time you had sex, and or okay, well, because maybe because you know maybe you someone's know first time they had an orgasm separate. too. <laughs> well, I have to say, not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe maybe a different podcast out there. Somebody who had sex and <laughs> orgasm her first time, and we want to hear from you. Please write in. Yeah, you know? I have to say, like a good yeah. ten years passed for me. <laughs> <laughs> change partners it's like what the hell <laughs> well the vast difference from the first time to the first time I actually had an orgasm during sex and I honestly can't even remember I mean it took it took, it took decades that's the part. before I actually had an orgasm during sex I think it's not with uncommon. another person <laughs> thankfully now, you know, I'm a much more empowered person. I'm, I'm much more able to say what I like and don't like. And so, you know, those dynamics have shifted. But early on as a sexual being, like I had a very difficult time sharing what it was that I liked. I've, I was embarrassed too. I felt like the person who I was with would take that as some sort of criticism. And right, often right. it was. If or I like, said, or like you're like, or you're more sexual. Oh, you have more experience right. than he does. And, and then, then that he would gets be const- all judgy. That right. would be, yeah. Very, very true. So because so. at that point in time, even though you're laying there naked, you're thinking about how you're going to make him feel about the instructions performance. that you're going to give him. Absolutely true. Absolutely. So, you know, my first orgasms, like with another partner, were always like, dry humping like you know like you know it was never actually the sex like it was you know it was don't don't leave don't leave no no it was was, i mean that was that was it i mean that was exactly the first time you kind of got that contact going and it was like oh this is exciting you know and then you know it took many many years to actually get to a point where i was comfortable enough to say to somebody ah Actually, this is where you need to go. (laughs) Or comfortable enough to say, hold on a second. Let me go ahead and pull out my little toy to help us along. (laughs) All right? Because... Right. We need need it. We need that little extra. I need the extra if this is going to be about us. But go ahead, Donna. Well, no. I just wanted to piggyback on what you said before we go to your first time. (laughs) I miss... Just making out. Oh my god! And like the, the dry best. humping, like we called it clothes burning. Like <laughs> clothes burning. Oh how <laughs> like, funny! Like, <laughs> <laughs> like back in my day, you know. And like I miss like just that, like the innocence of just making out, like back then, you know. So exciting! Something happens after you have intercourse that you lose that, like that lust that for kissing this. and making out there's no passion you know what I mean? once the orgasm or the, comes the dry humping or whatever you call it like oh. you don't do it anymore after you so have great. intercourse alright yeah. hit it <laughs> no I have to agree with that because sometimes the most fun you ha- can have is just making out with somebody for hours, hours. Right. And, and your then- lips are all swollen <laughs> And you're like, it was a great night. And you're you know? driving the other person crazy because you know they want to go beyond dry humping. Yeah, but but sometimes you just want to make out. I mean, I can just say that you know some of my most favorite times that I recall, that I remember, right, have with have with affection. Right, right. 
have been those wonderful makeout sessions that didn't necessarily didn't, didn't have to translate into like clarity. take your clothes off and let's you know bump Barbies. It you was know? just it was just making out. It was making out and everything that comes with making out. And I I felt like there was respect from him to me and me to him exactly. because we were just making out. Yeah, I remember feeling one time once we passed that point of making out, I I got defensive about anytime this this person wanted to kiss me because I knew immediately it was like. The intention was to go beyond kissing. Yes. Right, right, yes. right. And it, for me, I lost the joy of kissing because we didn't get to enjoy that very long. Yeah. After the intercourse. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Once they've had a bit, they always want to go back. You What's know? the thing? Why uh, buy the whole cow? When you can get the milk for free. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay, Donna, your turn. (laughs) You know, it's all about cliches here at ClearlySpeakingPodcast.com. Okay, so Donna, let's hear yours. So my, like the the make out or the... The what if you feel like telling what? us right now? I can't recall. We finished a bottle of okay, wine. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the first time I had sex, I just had it to have it because all my friends had already had <gasps> Me it. Me too. Yeah. And so I just did it to do it. And mm-hmm. it was completely anticlimactic. High five, sister, because I was right there with you. In more ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I just did there was it no to orgasm involved just, on that. And I was totally yeah. creeped out, and I didn't want to talk to the guy ever again. Yeah. And I'm still embarrassed to this day that I did it. I moved like, just states. to do it. Yeah. I didn't have sex until the third time I had sex. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, like with you, intention. Like Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you know. You know, I mean, it takes a while to figure and out. I already said I miss just making out. <laughs> and you think about him, right? No, I, 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 I'm here with you on that one. You know, my first time was definitely something that I felt like I needed to take care of because all of my friends had done it already. Mm-hmm. And all of the guys in my high school were like, well, Michelle, well, you're the only one who hasn't had sex yet. But I'm willing to be here first. I mean, they were like volunteering. And I'm like, this, is this a group project? Up. <laughs> am I Am I the philanthropy know, for the senior class? I mean, what the hell is going on, right? And I was like, no, 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 I'll manage, you know. And then, you know, my first time wasn't the... Actually, the most exciting thing about my first time was the fact that I drove my friend's car to his house, and it was a stick shift, and I managed the whole way. I was like, look at me driving this stick shift. I'm it doing it. It wasn't the fact that I'd had sex. It right, was like, right. I am driving I mean, a stick shift. Exactly. <laughs> There's all kinds of things your therapist can I unpack think- from that, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure from that realization. Yeah. That is... Uh, and your first time, Emily, while we're sharing? Um, well, I didn't actually. So on the track of people who are like, oh, I don't count my first time because I do it this way. I kind of felt the same way. Like I didn't count my first time because like it was very small. <laughs> and you know what? Size doesn't always matter. It does. If you know, it doesn't always matter. <laughs> it's podcast time. I can't with you too. It doesn't always matter if they know. <laughs> you have to come back. If they know you, how to deal this, with. That's what you said though. Right. But. This person didn't know how to compensate for the fact that it was very small. And so, you were younger in your teens, and he hadn't received any uh, guidance by no, that time, probably. No, no. So, so when do you think was your first like, my for real, though? first for real time was with a boyfriend that I was with for many, many years. And it was... You know, I guess as fair as it could be <laughs> for a first time. You know? There will be no Very, names mentioned right. and this podcast. Uh, you know, I just remember that he he put on Journey afterwards because <laughs> he thought that was the most romantic music we could listen to. So, 
There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. If Sam could just play a little journey to uh, lead out. us out of this. There's a road and no place to start a family. <laughs> to lead us out of this podcast would be fabulous. <laughs> yes. Well, and as usual, uh, listeners, we have finished our bottle of wine here on Clearly Speaking, the podcast, which means sad. Our... Uh, our time, Our is, time over. is over. For this. Hasta luego. Uh, will you definitely come back and talk about some more issues with us? Absolutely. Dr. Donna. We've just scratched the surface. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more. Sounds this has been wonderful. Emily, don't it you agree? It has absolutely been fun. I've, yeah, I'm I'm a little terrified and a little excited <laughs> about where the conversation's going to go next, which I, yeah, well, I think you, it's a good well, thing. As long as you have good notes, and I think we should all bring notes <laughs> next time so we can all stay on pace. <laughs> We're going to be in great shape as long as we have good wine, which exactly. we will which indeed. As long yes. as Emily's in charge of the wine, I'm not bringing the three dollar bottles from uh, from Trader Joe's in because mm-hmm. it just looks good, and that's not a problem. So Wait, I'll- Emily will drink the three dollar bottle. She exactly. will. She will. I will definitely make sure to let you know what bottle we select for the next show. Absolutely. And I will make sure that you are aware of this uh, wonderful My Heart uh, Coderone that we're drinking today, which led us into a wonderful exploratory conversation, which I'm sure it will do for you as well. Thank you once again for joining us. Looking forward to our next conversation. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Send us emails, emily at clearlyspeakingthepodcast.com, michelle at clearlyspeakingpodcast.com. Whatever, just get in touch with us. We're, um, oh, like us on iTunes tunes, all of those things that we're supposed to do here at the end of the show. And thank you. We'll be back next week with more Clearly Speaking, the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.